We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we are we are in the depths of the offseason right now. It's May. We're a little over a week removed from the draft. It probably will be two weeks by the time this goes out. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty solid, man. Like, uh, still a little hot over here, but uh, other than that, I'm still missing sports, man. How are you <laughs> holding up? Uh, East Coast is starting to warm up a little bit. It is, uh, it's been a on and off spring, a lot of cold weather, but last weekend was nice at least. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I, it seems like from what I've seen today, it seems like the ball might be rolling a little bit on sports. seems like baseball's, uh, gearing up to, to make some things happen. 
it was open because the the Dodgers, as long as there's no cheating involved, the Dodgers should be on their way to a World Series, but we'll see. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we, we, we will see. Uh, well, we will. We will see if we, we get sports soon. But anyways, sports or not, we're still here talking about the Rams. Of course, of course, Jesus. Uh, quarantine is getting to me. Uh, guys, of course, before we get into it, we we got a we got an interesting show planned for you guys. Don't forget, give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. You'll be entered to win a Rams jersey. Uh, whenever the new jerseys come out, and they'll they'll probably I don't I don't know what's what's taking longer the jersey announcement announcement or us to hit two hundred five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. But when we do. Uh, you will be entered to win one of those jerseys. Give a review and send send us a screenshot with your name so we know who sent it. You can send it to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. You can send it to Talk Rams on Twitter. You can send it on Facebook, wherever. Uh, just let us know where we're entering. And, of course, don't forget to check out Derek's show, Rams Talk Radio, on the feed as well. All right. We're going to start with this. Uh, undrafted free agents. We didn't talk about them last week. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit this week. Uh, but here we go, Johnny. I'm just going to read the list of players and their positions and their schools, and then you could tell me about any that have piqued your interest. Uh, let me take a sip of water. Big <laughs> list. I, I'm I'm unraveling my scroll right now. Uh, <clears throat> D lineman Eric Banks out of UTSA. O lineman Cole Cabrale out of Arizona State. Wide receiver Ernest Edwards out of Maine. Running back James Gilbert out of Kansas State. D-lineman Mike Hawke out of Brown. We'll get an Ivy Leaguer in there. DB Juju Hughes out of Fresno State. Wide receiver Tristan Jackson out of Syracuse. Running back Xavier Jones out of SMU. Wide receiver J.J. Koski out of Cal Poly. Cornerback Dayan Lane out of Dayan Lake. Sorry, Dan. Out of BYU. Quarterback Josh Love out of San Jose State. Cornerback Tyreek McGee out of Georgia quarterback Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. Uh what the hell does WE mean? WE? <laughs> what are you even looking at? Uh I'm not going to cite this website because uh, I don't want to give them a bad name. I'm pretty sure this is wide receiver Brandon Polk out of James Madison. Oh, yeah, that is I I believe he's a wide receiver, yes. Going to have to send a DM to the author. Uh, linebacker Greg Reeves out of USF, D-line Sam Renner out of Minnesota, linebacker Christian Roseboom out of South Dakota, cornerback Levante Taylor out of Florida State, D-lineman Jonah Williams out of Weber State, shout out Damian Lillard, and wide receiver Aesop Winston out of Washington State. Uh, Washington, no, I'm thinking of something else. Uh, Johnny, hey, give me hey, give me the guys that stand out to you from this list. You know, to be honest, there was quite a few guys on here that I'm surprised went undrafted. I mean, uh, okay, so let's put it this way, guys. Undrafted free agents are guys that are either going to be camp bodies or guys that might legitimately have a chance to making the roster or practice squad. So, um, you know, we've had quite a few guys that have stepped up as undrafted free agents and have even become great starters. Corey Littleton is, is a good example. Um, but 
uh, let's go ahead and get started. I'll kind of start with the offense and then kind of trickle down. Uh, I'd like to talk about every one of these guys, but we don't have that kind of time. So just just a few guys that really caught my attention that kind of surprised me and that I think might actually, you know, compete. Um, so first off, uh, let's start with quarterback Josh Love from San Jose, San Jose State. Uh, I know they have Bryce Perkins, too, uh, who's kind of cool and all, but uh, I, I'm surprised that Josh Love actually fell out of the draft. Um, personally, I think he, he's a pretty good uh, option as a backup quarterback, um, which it, it actually surprised me that the Rams ended up going after two um, quarterbacks on drafted free agents. So it'll be nice to see kind of a little bit of a distinction in terms of um, – Either, you know, one of these guys having a shot at the backup spot with um, uh, with with John Wolford. And uh, I don't I don't know if they're going to really stand a chance, but we'll see. I do like Josh Love a lot, though. I think he has a um, a, a lot of promising aspects to his games. Um, I think one of the reasons why he wasn't exactly highly touted was because he came out of San Jose State. Uh, and <laughs> I, I didn't watch too many San Jose State games, but the ones I did watch, they uh, I do remember very distinctly seeing like very awful receivers. Like I'm not kidding you, I seen some awful drop passes, and I felt so bad for the quarterback at the time. And I, I completely forgot it was Josh Love. So uh, anyway, that's enough of that's enough love for Love. Uh, you have anything to add to that, Steve? <laughs> uh, I I think it's cool that they they brought in two quarterbacks, uh, Josh Love. I you guys know where I stand on draft topics, but he seemed like a guy that you figured would get drafted, so that's a good pickup there. And then uh, uh, Bryce Perkins too seems like seems like an interesting project. I wouldn't be surprised if he was kept around uh, on the practice squad, no matter what happens between. Wolford and Love, but yeah, I I love bringing in a little competition there, uh, especially if they're not going to bring back Blake Bortles or uh, bring in another veteran, which I think would be the right move. But I don't know if we, I don't think we have the money for it. So I, I I'm good with this. I think this will be a fun preseason battle between these backup quarterbacks because uh, if history tells us anything, we're not going to see a lot of Jared Goff. So. Uh, looking forward to seeing all three, um, all three of these guys play. Even, even Wolford, who uh, you could say they might not be able to beat Wolford out for the job, but like, what are we talking about, dude? It's John Wolford. Like he he should not have a vice grip on that job. He has proven nothing. That's true, but he uh, he was a uh, an interesting guy to see in the preseason last year. And as we've said multiple times. It is our hope that we never see our backup quarterback in any NFL regular season game unless it's garbage time. Um, so on that note, moving on, uh, running back actually caught my attention. Um, SMU running back Xavier Jones. I personally like this this addition a lot. Um, again, another guy that I'm surprised went undrafted. Uh, th- this guy is really interesting to watch like I, I don't know if you ever watched uh, any of his film or anything but um he's he's certainly a guy you could you could try and keep on the roster as like a uh, return specialist he's very shifty 
has a lot like an arsenal of juke moves and i think this was a great uh, a great signing uh again this is not this isn't like some proof that he's gonna be with the team he still has a lot to prove but um if the Rams could keep him as as a return specialist, I think that would be awesome. He he really caught my attention, and uh, I'm hoping that you know there's at least some sort of competition for Nasimba Webster. And there's a chance I keep four running backs too. Like I I don't think I'm gonna be shocked. We've we've kept four running backs in the past with uh, even with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown pretty stable there. We kept John Kelly in. Justin Davis, right? That's that, that was his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he made the team, uh, and we could barely remember his name two years or moved, I uh, certainly got got a chance. Johnny, I'm watching <laughs> Xavier Jones's highlights in the background of the podcast right now. Looks looks pretty quick, uh, but yeah, it's it's a good uh, a good position to bring in some competition in for sure. Uh, obviously, I think. We more or less have three locks to make the team. I would be shocked if Malcolm Brown got cut. I think they're gonna his pass blocking will be pretty valuable to have this year in a backfield with two guys with essentially no NFL experience. Joe Henderson is a little bit. So so we'll see. But yeah, I, I definitely like the move of getting some more backs in there. And in addition to the guys we mentioned, John Kelly is still technically on the team. Uh, so there's gonna be there's gonna be some things to look out for at at that position in the preseason. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, shifting it over to wide receiver, um, I'm I'm trying to kind of keep it to like one one uh, position player. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here all day. Um, and technically, in wide receiver, there's quite a few guys to to look at. Um, but the one that caught most my attention is uh Ernest Edwards. I I, li- I love his highlight film. I I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know who Ernest Edwards was before um going into this. Most of these guys I did uh with the exception of maybe JJ Koski. Uh he was from Cal Poly Slow, so no, I I'm not going to pretend to know who he was. Uh I watched a few uh you know, a few highlight reels on him too. Uh seems pretty good, but um, other than that, the only other ones, uh, the other ones that I, I really knew of was, uh, Aesop Winston, who I think is going to be an interesting guy to watch out for. But overall, I liked what I saw with Ernest Edwards and I know highlight reels don't exactly tell you everything, but, um, for what I saw, he is interesting because he's not only like a smaller guy. This is a guy that actually plays a lot bigger than he actually is like I, I don't know how else to explain it other than by you know he has a l- lot of toughness for somebody his size which is is pretty good to see and on top of that he's not just a guy that's quick uh he's um a guy that can be very productive similar in a way to how Nisimbo Webster was I, I think we forget that Webster wasn't just a kick returner during the preseason he actually looked like a um you know, a pretty good option as a really backup, backup receiver plan. Uh, but uh, with this loaded group of receivers that the Rams have, there's no chance they're going to get there. So uh, at uh, at this point, receivers would be basically for return specialists, which he could also be that guy. 
Yeah, well, you need a fifth wide receiver. Uh, and, yeah, I think we we both definitely wanted Nassim Webster to make the team over Mike Thomas, uh, who, as you know, played for the Rams from 1974 until 2019, where after the season he signed with the Bengals. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, return specialists will be interesting to watch. You know, I think there's definitely a good chance they just keep Nasimba. Uh, but if somebody the that job, like like I said with Wolford, not nearly secure, uh, I would not be shocked if they went a different direction. Absolutely. So uh, next one, moving over to defense now, um, is Browns uh, defensive lineman Mike. I don't know how to say his last name per se. I think it's Hoitched. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, think I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I have no idea. But um, I like what I see with Mike. This is a guy that shows a lot of toughness. Like, seriously, watching this guy play, I, I like that he he doesn't just kind of – he just he doesn't just kinda, like go to his job and just – that's it. And to play, here's the whistle. He plays through the whistle, and I like that because we see a lot of times in the NFL where uh, sometimes some some of the players get a little lackadaisical. When you see a guy like that that has so much passion and so much aggression, that can translate into a really good uh, defensive player. So I, I certainly love what I see there. Uh, it's interesting because he's coming from the Ivy League, so it's really hard to say what the Rams are getting. But um, the offensive line is going to be hard to make the team at all or even the practice squad just because, again, very loaded at that position. Mm-hmm. Hookst. Hooks. Hooks. Really? Uh, I mean, I, I, he might be different, but, yeah, that that is the the traditional pronunciation of that last name. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving to linebacker, this time Christian Roseboom. And uh, we all know that uh, – South Dakota, by the way. Uh, we all know that linebacker has been one of the more pressing needs and really wasn't addressed that much uh, during the draft. And even undrafted free agents, they only took two. But uh, Roseboom, I like a lot. He's a type of guy that will get you a lot of tackles – um, in fact, uh, looking at his stats in uh, South Dakota, he had a, 111 tackles last season. So this is a guy that certainly good wrap-up tackler, has good strength. Um, and on top of that, if if he becomes like kind of a serviceable guy, kind of like a Bryce Hager type, I think he's a good investment to have and uh, maybe someone to develop in the future. For sure. Hey, Bryce Hager – played for the Rams for a while and like was on the field like every game he wasn't just like lingering on the sidelines he uh had a big role in special teams to be honest I'm kind of surprised they didn't resign him I mean maybe they will Uh, I'm guessing he's not getting that much money he's still a free agent but yeah these guys I mean clearly out of any these positions have the best chance to make the roster here are the current inside linebackers on the team right now uh, Daniel Batuli, Traven Howard, Clay Johnson, Micah Kaiser, Brian London, Greg Reeves, Troy Reader, Christian Roseboom, and Kenny Young. So, I mean, like, I don't think any of those guys are good or, <laughs> or they're rookies. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We acquired, you never know. I, I don't know who's going to get this job. 
<laughs> it'll be interesting. Hopefully it is not the breaking point of our defense, but as as Kev mentioned a couple weeks ago on the pod, inside linebacker you can you can get away with not great players there. If you have a good one, it certainly helps a lot, but uh you could survive if you're good around around the edges. Anyone else you want to talk about here? Uh yeah, just moving to uh cornerback real quick. Um, there's actually a couple of guys that I was really surprised um, didn't get drafted. Uh, for example, um, BYU's D- uh, Day in Lake. The interesting thing about this guy is uh, a lot of people didn't really know what to expect with this guy because, uh, well, for one thing, he didn't go by Day in Lake um, most of his time at BYU. He went by Dian Guan- Guanwalaku. Not bad. Not bad. Did I did I almost get it right there? I, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it, but that, I didn't think that was bad. Okay. Well, Ganwalaku, I, I would I would guess. Ganwalaku. I probably butchered it, but um yeah, so interesting thing about that, he changed his name to honor his uncle. Interesting. Uh but he was actually um in uh, a really quick cornerback, somebody that um wasn't afraid to to get a lot of tackles in not the best coverage guy but you know for certain situations you don't necessarily need a good cover corner maybe somebody that can play man really good um but uh, another guy levante taylor he completely fell out of the draft that surprised me and uh tyreek mcgee um or yeah i think that's mcgee right mcgee yeah that's that's mcgee Okay. I would be shocked so, if that's anything else. <laughs> so Tyreek, I actually remember Tyreek at Georgia. He was actually considered one of the best uh, nickel corners for a while. And then he got injured and then never was the same player. Um, last year, he just wasn't starting much. And, you know, um, I know that doesn't sound like a good sell. But it's really you have to understand the type of college he came from Uh, a college like Georgia. They're constantly getting in uh, great recruits. So if you get injured, it's kind of hard to battle your way back up because you're getting kind of uh, good five star players that are coming in. And it's really hard to start over these guys, Uh, especially because obviously, since they're younger, they're going to want to keep them out there more. So I, I, I have high hopes for McGee. Because if he can even return to even a sliver to what he was, this is this is a steal right here. I, I'm really hoping that uh, the injury doesn't bother him too much and that he can return to, I mean, because, hey, we, we need a nickel corner. I know we kind of have a couple that might be plugged in there, but, uh, hey, more competition, the better, right? Yeah, and, and, like, I think when college backups get to the NFL, it's, like, there's clearly something there, you know, like you, you don't, teams don't just sign backups like for no reason, you know, like those guys specifically, I think clearly have something that an NFL team would find valuable or else why would you sign a guy? Like you said, that couldn't even win the starting job at his school. Uh, so like there, there's gotta be something there for them to bring him in. And this is another position. I think, uh, there is room for these guys to make the roster. I mean, you look at the, the cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, and I would say David Long are locks. And then other than that, the other guys, Darius Williams, Dante Dayon, 
uh, Adonis Alexander. Like those, those guys are not nearly locks to make the team. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna take a nice camp from these guys to make the team over someone like Darius Williams, but it's definitely not impossible. No, not at all. And and uh, I'm really interested because they they got a the Rams did I'll, I'll say a, a solid job at getting some of these uh, undrafted free agents. Again, we don't know if these guys are going to really amount to anything other than camp bodies, but. There could be a couple gems in there that that uh, end up becoming really solid starters. And like I said, Littleton wasn't that long ago. He wasn't an undrafted free agent. So um, there's that. Yeah, uh, that is a great point. And hopefully one of these linebackers we signed uh, will be the next Rams undrafted great. You never know. Uh, and look, if you get one of these guys to, to stick, that's a that's a great thing. And I think. And I really like, I I bet the math on, there's probably just as many undrafted picks that succeed as like fifth rounders. I, this is completely unsubstantiated, but I feel like that's probably true. It might be true because there's a lot more of them, but, uh, once you, once you get past day two, I mean, it's all, it's all a crapshoot. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and even on day two, it's it's pretty much a crapshoot. Uh, okay, let's move on here to my favorite game on the podcast, and in what is becoming an off season staple of butting heads. I will say, do we give a shit? This is where we take off season news and we decide whether or not we care about this. Are you you ready to play the game? Oh, I'm always ready to play. Do we give a shit? I got to get some like Jeopardy music to to go with this game for the next time. All right, here we are. First thing, the Rams are so schedules come out tomorrow, and the Rams are going to release their schedule 30 minutes early. Do we give a shit? Oh, absolutely. I I totally give a shit. Uh, I probably I'll be honest. If this was a normal year i'll say if this was a normal year i probably wouldn't give two shits but since there is absolutely no sports going on right now i have nothing else to look forward to so yes i absolutely give a shit i'll be right there listening and hoping and praying that these games actually happen i so i'm mixed here because i definitely do give a shit about the schedule getting released I do not give a shit that they're releasing their schedule 30 minutes early. Why are they releasing it 30 minutes early? Why is that uh, allowed? Uh, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to release their uniforms. That's purely speculation. I don't know. But um, I'm kind of hoping that's why. Um, but I could be completely wrong. I, I hope so. I guess I guess that's actually another topic on here for do we give a shit. The Rams still haven't released their jerseys. And I do give a shit about this. What are they waiting for? Like I, I hope you're right that it's it it is paired with the schedule release, but like it's fucking May. And we haven't released the jerseys yet. Like what are they waiting for? And uh, you know, uh, that's what I'm also kind of scared of too. The fact that they haven't released their uniforms yet and it's May. Um, it makes me a little concerned because of how horrible 
the logo release happened, uh, maybe they're rethinking their whole, you know, uniform. Like, maybe, like, abort, abort. We don't want to do this shit anymore. And, and like, you know, stimulus checks are going out. People are getting an influx of cash. What are they going to spend it on? Not Rams jerseys, because we haven't released the new jerseys yet. They can't go buy them. Are they gonna buy? Are they gonna buy a fucking hat with the shitty logo on it? Just release the jerseys. What are you waiting for? We're all bored. Like, come on. Shut up and give me your money. Uh, the longer it's they not... wait, the the more concerned I get about the jerseys. Yeah, that I think that's kind of the common consensus at this point is. Like, if you're not willing to release the jerseys, what the hell is the wrong with them then? I I don't know, man. This is <laughs> I don't know. They gotta they gotta release these fucking jerseys. Uh, moving on to to more topics that we may or may not care about. Clay Matthews is filing a grievance for the $2 million that he is owed by the Los Angeles Rams. Johnny, do you give a shit? Not at all. I mean, I'm sure Clay Matthews gives a shit, and for a good reason. But the way I look at it is he's going to get paid one way or another. I feel like him kind of throwing this antics around about, you know, filing a grievance, not getting his money right here, right now, I think is kind of childish. But I suppose he's entitled to it, so I can sort of understand. Um, I'll give more of a shit when the Rams send me $2 million. Just saying. Uh, you know, and I, you can deduct whether or not I give a shit after this, this response. I don't know if I do. Um, when When Todd Gurley was, like, cracking jokes about how... Uh, the the Ram, he's waiting for the for for the wire transfer to come through from the Rams, like making jokes, like still haven't gotten that money. There were some people who uh were calling him like insensitive to the current climate, and that like why is he bitching about not getting his money when people are unemployed? And I thought that was pretty silly because like he was clearly kidding, like it was clearly a joke. Well, Clay Matthews filed a fucking grievance. To get his $2 million. We are talking about a guy who, if my math is correct here, Johnny, has made about $85 million in his NFL career just off of game paychecks. uh, Is filing a grievance during a pandemic over $2 million. Like, buddy, you are going to get your paycheck. Okay? I do not, like, what are you doing? What, what what why is this needed? How badly do you need that two million dollars? Well, he can go like complete Latrell Sprewell. Uh do you remember Latrell Sprewell? <laughs> do you do you have a clown in your yard? <laughs> that was that is an alarm. <laughs> yeah, it, it uh car alarm through like a a very bad time, unfortunately. But <laughs> for and, yeah, for those who do not understand Johnny's reference, former NBA player Latrell Sprewell uh, turned down. It, I don't remember the exact numbers. It was a pretty big contract offer because he said, "In quote, 
that he needs to feed his family, and he never <laughs> played in the NBA again. <laughs> oh man, I, I I remember when I first heard that I was dying. I was like, "What the hell is your family eating that you can't afford to feed your family because of that?" It but was, uh, it was a a three year, twenty one million dollar uh, contract. Charles Sprewell at the time was thirty four, so this was not. In, at the time, in 2004, this was not a bad contract for him. And he said that he needs to feed his family. He has a family to feed. He never got offered near that money again and literally never played in the NBA again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally how I feel about this situation. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Clay Matthews is entitled to the $2 million. It's what the Rams promised him. That's what they're contractually obligated to give him. And yes, they will eventually give it to him. But to sit there and give a grievance over it, like seriously, that that's that's beyond pathetic at this point. Like, just like get over it. He'll you'll get your money. Like, uh, how how entitled do you have to be at this point? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe. Uh, uh, I'm not. I. It's just at this point, like, just be patient. That's all. That's all you have to do is literally be patient. You don't see Todd Gurley filing a, a grievance, even though he said, yes, I do want my money eventually. Yeah, he did not file a grievance. Uh, I mean, they're both going to get paid. Like, the, the Rams are not going to run out of money. I think that's, that's pretty pretty clear. So I I do not I I don't get it, man. It, it's wild. Um, how about this? Lewis Riddick, ESPN commentator, said that the Rams and Cam Newton would be a perfect fit together. Johnny, do you give a shit? Well, I don't care that he said it. No, I don't give a shit. Um, if it actually happens, yeah, of course I'll give a shit. I think that would be awesome to have Cam Newton as a backup, uh, more so than say like John Wolford or Josh Love. Um, but the odds of that actually happening is probably close to none because the Rams can't even afford to pay Greg Zerloin a kicker. <laughs> How the hell are they supposed to pay a backup quarterback like Cam Newton? They can't even pay Blake Bortles. There's no way in hell they could afford Cam Newton. So do I give a shit about his comments? Not really. There's a lot of, like, decent players that are still free agents. It's pretty surprising. Uh, Blake Bortles, obviously, Cam Newton. Joe Flacco's out there. Um, I, yeah, I don't give a shit about Lewis Riddick saying it, but I, I will say this. Like, I would love to get Cam Newton. I don't think we will. I don't think we can. I don't think we have the money for it. Um, but with with all these veterans floating around out there, if somebody's willing to take one million, like Blake Bortles did last year, I I would prefer that than to go into the season with one or two of the guys that are on the roster right now. You never know. Maybe one of them will get great, but. 
I, I'd I'd rather have a veteran there to, and be prepared in case the worst were to happen. Uh, there is still good players out there. I mean, I I'm try I'm trying to figure out who who's left, but like like I I forgot about Joe Flacco until I just saw that list, man. I mean, that's that ain't a bad player that that's still floating around and not on the team. Joe Flacco, yeah. Cam Newton, uh, Mike Glennon. What were you gonna say? I would still rather have Newton. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I mean, I'm not a psychopath, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never. Geno Smith is out there. Matt Moore. Think... Matt no. Moore won a game last year. Yay! <laughs> Someone noted if if Matt Moore lost both games he started last year, the Chiefs. Their playoffs might have gone differently. They would have been a different seed. I don't think they would have gotten the bye. Brandon Allen, the gunslinger, is still out there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know who's not out there is Sean Mannion. Uh, That's and, interesting. <laughs> anywho, uh, Tremaine Ancrum, Rams, seventh round, offensive lineman. It was announced that he was going to wear number 76, Obviously worn by Orlando Pace and Roger Saffold after him. Orlando Pace was was not happy about this. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to dig up the tweet here. He said uh, Ankrum tweeted the tweet of him with the number. Just said let's get to work. Orlando Pace tweeted no respect SMH. Uh, he was not happy about it and. Uh, he said, when someone asked him about it, he said, nothing against Tremaine. I wish him nothing but the best. This speaks to the disconnect between the organization and Rams tradition. Uh, you Do you give a shit about this? I give about a half a shit on this one. Uh, so, in a way, I can kind of understand from Orlando Pace's perspective. It would have been nice because... Um, it would have been nice that he the he gave uh, he gave the Rams permission to let let it, the number be used again, but because that's basically what they did with Orlando uh, with with uh, Roger Saffold is he asked and he gave him permission, so it would have been nice that they did it again. However, it's not like the the jersey is retired. So if the jersey was retired, then okay, fine. There's absolutely no respect at that point. And um, then there's more of a case for it. The fact that it was already used before, I think it's okay to use it now. Now, if and when the Rams actually retire the jersey number, I, I don't think there's reason to be upset per se. But so yeah, I do kind of give half a shit because it is it, it's always good to treat your legends right to always make them feel like you know they're a cherished member of the franchise as they should. Um, but is it something worth getting upset over? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I I give a shit about this, but in in this regard, like okay, Orlando, you're a Rams legend. Love you. No disrespect. Your number's not retired, okay? And the Rams already have eight numbers retired. Three of them are in the 70s. 
I, like Johnny, how many players suit up in the preseason? Like 80? 70, uh, 80? 90, I believe. 90. I believe 90. So they don't, so they literally have 91 numbers to give out to players. Like, he, he, this guy's a fucking seventh round pick, man. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like they draft Jared Goff one overall and he says, okay, I'm going to wear 13. Like, in that case, maybe, maybe he should go to Kurt Warner and ask, hey, Kurt, can I wear 13? If John Wolford wanted to wear 13, I do not think he needs to ask the man for his blessing. He doesn't really get to pick his number. There's not that many choices. We're talking about a seventh-round pick. This dude might not even make the team. He does not need to ask for a blessing from anyone to wear his jersey. He's lucky to even get to choose his number. If he even did, it might have just been given to him. This is not a big deal. It does not speak to the disconnect with the organization. We are talking about a fucking seventh round pick here. Like, come on. People wear 39 all the time. People wear 81 all the time. People people wear, do people wear 13? Chris Gibbons wore 13. I'm going to go on a limb here and guess Chris Gibbons didn't call up Kurt Warner and say, yo, Kurt, can I wear Kurt 13? Like, come on, man. What are, what are we even doing here? Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> That's why I said I give a half a shit just because, eh, I mean, in a way, I can kind of see why he'd be a little upset if they asked him to begin with. Um, But considering that they didn't ask him a second time, I guess that might make him feel a little bad. But, um, yeah, relax, Orlando. We still love you. The organization still loves you. There's no disrespect there. Just you're reading too much into something that's not there. Yeah, maybe his number should be retired. That's a different discussion. I don't know. It's weird. NFL jerseys, like, I, I feel like they don't really retire that many numbers. You, you really can't because, yeah. as you mentioned, there's, there's so many more players. It's not like the NBA where, like, you have so many different number options unless you start going into the hundreds. Yeah, and they already have three... 70s retired. You know what? You know what fucked over Orlando Pace and his number retired. That Merlin Olson and Deacon Jones wore offensive lineman numbers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they that's didn't. True. They didn't wear defensive lineman numbers. Uh, so yeah, that that hurt his cause a little bit. Um. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. This is silly. It makes me laugh that when you're on the Rams Wikipedia page and, like, under Hall of Famers, it says former Rams in the Pro Football Hall of Fame include, and can you can you guess who the first name on the list is? It would have to be Merlin Olsen. It is Hollywood Joe Namath, as we all refer to him as. Seriously? <laughs> uh, it's not, oh. it's, it's not, like, in any order. It just, it just cracks me up that he's even listed. Wow, like that I feel like that was like a slap to the face almost. Not no offense against, you know, Joe Namath because hey, you know, he had a good career, not necessarily with the Rams, but he had a good career. Um but does anybody really consider Joe Namath like a Rams legend? Like, I certainly don't. As somebody who hangs around Jets fans a lot, I always bring up uh I call him Hollywood Joe rather than Broadway Joe. 
uh, because I remember his time with the Rams, as everyone should more fondly than his time with the Jets. Uh, he's a Rams legend. And look, look, they they have made up for it to the Jets. Uh, you know, if you have you ever looked at their list of Hall of Famers? Not really, now that you now that I think about it. Johnny, I'm going to name a couple players on the list of Jets Hall of Famers here. Brett Favre, Ed Reed, John Riggins, Art Monk, Ronnie Lott, <laughs> Ty Law, LaDainian Tomlinson, Jason Taylor, Steve Atwater. These are all players listed on the Jets Hall of Fame Wikipedia page. That's interesting. <laughs> like, none of them strike me as Jets players. And they just that... signed Frank Gore. They're going to get another one. They're going to add another one oh, to the list. God. Well, they might be, like, I feel like that's like the Raiders in a way. Like, that's where that's where players go to die. Yeah, the the Jets, absolutely. And, like, even, like, uh, guys guys that aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame, like Plaxico Burris played for the Jets in his twilight years. Uh, every Everyone goes there at the end. It's right of passage to run through the Jets. Matt Forte. Uh, although he, he, none of these guys, some of these guys weren't like terrible with the Jets, but like Matt Forte played for the Jets at the end of his career. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Adrian Peterson plays for them at some point. Uh, you know, you got, you got to go through the Jets, uh, before you call it a career. It's just, it's your tradition. Jets are Raiders. <laughs> Jets are Raiders. Um, I don't have any other topics for this game. I, we can end with this. It seems like the NFL's. It seems like they are moving forward, and just like they they have no backup plan. It seems like they're going to play football no matter what. I, I mean, do you on a scale of one to ten? What do you think the likelihood this season happens is? Well, it, it's an encouraging sign that the, that baseball seems to be kind of going underway. And it's also encouraging to see that the NFL is just planning on to play no matter what. So I think that there's a good there's a good sign that it's going to happen. But that being said, if there's any sort of setback, which at this point none of us know if there is, uh, I think we can pretty much kiss the season goodbye. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I would say... I'd say on a scale of one to ten, I'd probably give it a nine that the season kicks off on time, and a two that fans are in attendance for the first game. It's like there's just so many variables, like like the playing in general. Like I wonder what happens if a player contracts the virus. You know, like what do you do? Do you quarantine the whole team? Do they not play the next week? Like they gotta have so many fail safes and plans. They gotta have access to tests which, uh, you know, we're not, they're not going to get access to like thousands of tests until tests are super available. Uh, and then for fans wise, like you can, you can space out the seats, I guess you might be able to find a way to do it like that. It'd be weird looking at half full NFL stadiums if you're not a, a Bengals fan. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I just had to pick a team. Um, Jaguars probably more apt and they're losing their their highest selling game of the year with no London game this year but like think about 
the line to go to the bathroom at halftime. Think about getting in and out of the stadium, the walk out of the stadium at the end of the games. I mean, even if you're spacing out seats, there's still so many other things you have to figure out. Uh, and if you're spacing out, like exiting the stadium, how long is it going to take to get out of the fucking stadium? You know, there's, there's just, it's, it's so complex. I'm, I'm more curious than anything to see how everything gets handled. Well, let me tell you, if that is the case where it's trouble getting in and out of the stadium, uh, that makes me even more glad that the Rams are moving to SoFi Stadium <laughs> and not the Coliseum. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you've ever been to the Coliseum. I, I know I've said this many times on this podcast, but one of the absolute worst things about the Coliseum is getting in and out of the fucking stadium. Like, I, I realize it's an older stadium. That that much is very apparent, and I do give them credit for that. But, my God, that's, like, one of the worst experiences is getting in and out of that damn stadium. And uh, I'm sincerely hoping that they thought of that for SoFi Stadium, especially now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's good to know that they're not they're not playing in the Coliseum then for that reason. Uh, yeah, this this is, this is gonna be crazy. I I just had a thought and I don't know how I lost it. Johnny, what was I just thinking about? You were thinking about how the Lakers are the best NBA team in in all of the NBA, all NBA history. That's that's so thoughtful of you to say, Steve. <laughs> I remember what I was thinking about. I just, I got distracted that uh, Big Cat just lost his opening game of the season in NCAA football. I don't know why I even give a shit about this. The quarantine is getting to me. Uh, I don't even listen to part of my take. I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, anyways, if sports come back without fans, I hope they mic the shit out of the arena, wherever they're playing in the field. I want to hear every ounce of trash talk, regardless of the sport. Uh, baseball, it'll probably just be like people yelling, got it, and shit. Uh, but like basketball, football, even hockey, I feel like you'd, you'd hear a lot of fun shit if, they're, if they got mics everywhere. Uh, and no fans, you're going to hear everything. That's, that's what I want. That, to me, would, it would make the loss of not having crowds there uh, easier to swallow. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm just curious like how this is going to go down if there's no crowd at all. And it's it's weird in the NFL cuz like in in the NBA uh they they'll play in practice facilities probably, I would guess, uh or smaller gyms because if they can make the cameras work, but, but like for the NFL like you can't really play at like practice. I feel like the Maybe you can't have practice fields. I don't know in the NFL, but I feel like the the turf at the stadium is so much more well kept and fit for like game actions. Like they probably will just be playing these games in fucking empty stadiums if they're not playing with fans. Except at the Oakland Coliseum, anyway. Well, it's gone. It's gone. They they got rid of that. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that they absolutely would not have played there. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, hey, I, it'll be interesting for sure to see how everything moves forward, but it seems like, uh, plan plans have been put in motion. 
All right. You got any, you got any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. I think, uh, I think we talked enough for today. So, uh, how about you? Any departing thoughts? We absolutely did. Uh, no, I have nothing. Uh, I just finished the season of Westworld. Really not a very good show at all anymore. Uh, I, I hate to admit it. Uh, it, it is really not good. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys, like, literally, if you guys want to hear us talk about literally anything, just tweet at us at johnny 5 not 6 at Seaver Barrel. Uh, we will talk about whatever you want at this point. Uh, we we are going to get a another draft expert to talk about the Rams pick soon, so that'll be more football-related content. But, hey, we will be here, and we'll talk to you soon. I don't really think I'm an idiot most of the time. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.